Today's gospel, we hear this, these beautiful words of Jesus. And if you ever have time, if you've ever gone through the gospel of John, this begins Jesus' I am sayings. Each chapter from here on out, for a good while, kind of has these I am sayings. I am the good shepherd. I am the door by which you enter eternal life. I am the true vine. Jesus is saying, this is what I am. He's revealing to us who He is constantly. And we see this imagery of the Good Shepherd. There's so much beauty behind it. So much beauty that it truly shows us the love of God that He has for us. Here's Jesus who calls Himself the Good Shepherd. Back in the day, a shepherd, even actually until today, even continuing on today, you'll still find shepherds in the Middle East. If you ever had a chance to go to the Middle East, you will find shepherds there still tending to their sheep in much the same way. And sheep are not the smartest of animals, but they recognize things. They recognize the voice of their shepherd. They recognize their name when the shepherd calls them. And very often times, the shepherd loves his sheep and he will give them names. That's how he takes care of them. So a call to a name to a sheep in the distance and the sheep will follow. Even more than that, the shepherd is to really spend a lot of time taking care of his sheep, taking care of his flock, making sure that not one goes missing. Jesus says, I am that door. I am the door that guards the sheepfold. At night, shepherds would gather all the sheep into a sheep pen, and they would lay asleep at the door of the sheep pen, as the, the sheep were sleeping. So that anybody who, were, who was to go over him, he would know. If any sheep were to escape, he would know. Because they would have to cross over. That is the great care that Jesus has for us. That Jesus says that we are his sheep. That we are his flock. That he is the good shepherd that we look after. That he has this personal love. That's so personal that he's not just some God who sits there in the sky and could care less about us. No. He knows us. He knows us each by name. He knows our voice, and we know His voice if we listen to Him. One thing I want to focus on today is this. How is it that when we pray, here we are in the season of Lent, most especially, but each and every day we pray. We're called to pray as Christians. How is it that we pray at times, but at times we find ourselves kind of in despair? We find ourselves without hope. We find ourselves kind of lacking in this trust that God is somehow with us. Here we have these sayings of the Bible. We have these sayings of Jesus. And He's telling us that His love is such. His love is such that in other parts of the Bible He says, if one goes missing, if one out of the 99 goes missing, He will leave behind those 99 and He will go after you. This crazy love that makes no sense. This crazy love that can only be understood in terms of the Divine Father who has made you each in the way you are to be in His loving eyes. And He's saying, my love for you is such. And yet, sometimes when we pray, you know, we don't get the feeling that He's there. We somehow doubt that He's listening to our prayers. We doubt that there's going to be any results whatsoever. My brothers and sisters, we have to change the way in which we look at prayer. We have to be consistent in our prayer. We have to be persistent in our prayer. We can't give up hope. We can never give up hope in our prayer. The more in which we fail to recognize God in our own life, 
We fail to recognize how he works. The more in which we undergo trials, the more in which we have these sufferings in our life, that is precisely the time Jesus wants you to lean more on him. That's precisely the time Jesus is saying, open up your heart, do not give up hope. Faith is not based on feelings. I love the, um, I love the marriage imagery that's always being used in the Bible. Even today, in, uh, in one of the prayers that we heard from the propers, right, in, in the beginning of Mass, we hear, we hear always of, of the feast, the bride feast, the bridal feast, this, this wedding feast that Jesus constantly wants with us, and it makes sense, right? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it makes sense. When couples are first dating, there's always that, what? There's always that, we want to kind of impress one another, we, we never want to screw things up, things like that. And then you guys get married, right? And they get married, and it's the honeymoon phase, and it's amazing, and you really feel this love, and everything's roses and butterflies and peaches and whatever, right? Everything's great, right? Everything's just amazing. And then after a while, the honeymoon phase ends, and what happens? After about a year into the marriage, sometimes you wake up next to one another and you're like, what did I do, right? Whatever it might be, right? But you still know that you have this love for one another. Somehow, some way, you know you've made this commitment to your spouse. And somehow, some way, you know that you still love them. Even though she nags you, even though she forced you to take out the trash and things like that. She still loves you, you still love her. We know that there is this love between you. Because there is this certain sense of responsibility. That even though you might not feel like you're in love, in a certain sense, you still have that ideal. You still have that idea, that heart that says, I want what's at best interest for my spouse. And you have. In the same way, God talks to us in that way. In that way of a wedding feast. That things are good, things are amazing for now, but how do we maintain them? When the going gets tough, do you give up in a marriage? No. When the going gets tough, you try to resolve it. When the going gets tough, you keep trying. In the same way, when we speak to God, we don't, we don't stop trying because we don't feel anything in return. We don't stop trying because we don't see results. We don't stop trying. God wants you to keep trying. He wants you to keep asking. And He constantly tells us throughout the Bible, keep asking. Don't stop asking. If you call someone... And they don't answer, what do you do? You call them again and again until they answer. At least that's what my mom does, right? My mom calls me again and again until I answer. I don't really answer the phone too much. But that's what she does. She keeps calling. You keep calling. When we don't get the results we want sometimes, keep trying. If we're going, for example... We can look at it in terms of spiritual workout. If we're going to work out our bodies, right, and we don't see results for the first few times, do we just give up? No. We don't give up, but we know that when we work out, it's a tried and proven method. We know that if we keep at something, it's going to work eventually. And the same way goes with our spiritual life. The more we ask, if we don't see results, we know that we've seen the saints. We've seen it be a tried and proven method that if we keep asking God, we will eventually reach what we're trying to aim for, for Him. My brothers and sisters, there's many reasons why you might give up on prayer. There's many reasons. But I ask you, take a look at those reasons as to what they might be. Try to cut them. Try to cut those out of our lives. Try to invite more of God into your life so that you're not giving up on prayer. You're not giving up on asking for things. There's many reasons 
we might find it difficult to pray. There's many reasons, I think, there's many signs in our prayer life that we might find that we're just kind of giving up, we're kind of receding back. We might say, you know, Father, I, I just kind of, I've had a hard time. I've had a hard time and I don't see how God is working in my life. Might be, again, multiple reasons. You might not be passionate about what you're praying about. You might not be putting enough heart into what you're praying about. There's a great saint, St. Augustine, once said that sometimes when, when God, when you keep praying for something and God doesn't give it to you, He really tests your desires. How much do you really want this thing that you're praying for? And the more He stretches your desires, the more in which He gives you what you want or He transforms your heart. Your, might, your mind might drift elsewhere. Your mind might be just kind of here and there and what's going on in my life, things like that. Instead of paying full attention to God, again, our mind drifts elsewhere. That's where prayers that are repeating prayers like the rosary help you a great deal. You might at times forget to pray. We cannot forget to pray. That is number one. As a Christian, we cannot forget to pray. Padre Pio used to say that prayer is like the oxygen for the soul. How do you forget to breathe? How do you forget to pray? It's not possible. In those times when it really seems like you're suffocating, it's because you're not giving your soul oxygen. Sometimes we don't have this hope. This hope that God will answer us. That is, I think, one of the worst. To fall into despair. To fall into the sin that we don't understand how God's working. We have no hope. But Jesus tells us today, take heart. Take heart. Be persistent. I want to leave you all with the story of one, of one saint who really kind of was very persistent in her prayer and really changed, by her prayers, changed the entire course of the Catholic Church by giving us one of the greatest saints that we know of today. There was a saint by the name of Saint Monica who was born in 331 and her parents had her marry, in that time there were many pagans, non-Christians, had her marry a non-pagan, or a non-Christian named Particus. Now this man was very, very bad towards her. He was unfaithful, he had a violent temper, and he would normally abuse her. She prayed for her husband every day. Every day she prayed for her husband. Together they had three sons, and a year before her husband passed away, he converted to Catholicism. He died a Christian with God in his heart. Now her son, Augustine, lived a very immoral life. He wasn't known... He was known as a very righteous person, but he lived a very immoral life and he was away from God. And she prayed for 17 years, she prayed for her son's conversion. For her son's conversion, she prayed. Now St. Augustine, St. Augustine's time was a very gifted and smart man. The words in which he wrote were loved by many, but again, his heart was far from God. Her heart wished for him to have God back into his life. Now, like most of us do, as time passes with no answer to our prayers, Monaco really worried about her son. She cried for her son each day. She continued to pray daily in hopes for her son that he would be led back to his faith. But God heard her. He heard her many prayers, and in times of silence and discouragement, God was working. He led a bishop named Ambrose into Monica's life. Ambrose later becomes St. Ambrose, a saint as well. Together they found a friendship, and Monica would confide in Ambrose regarding her son. 
And she would tell him, he would tell her, speak less to Augustine about God, speak less to your son about God, and instead more to God about your son. Speak less to him about prayer, and instead pray more to God about your son. Now Ambrose began to form a friendship with St. Augustine. It was through Ambrose where Augustine's eyes and heart opened up to God. And he was finally brought back into the faith after St. Monica had passed away. Ambrose baptizes Augustine, who later grows on to be one of the most important thinkers of the entire Catholic Church, and a saint and a doctor. Now prayers are not a waste of time. Prayers are not at all a waste of time. And any time we feel that way, we have to cast the devil behind us. They are heard up in the heavens and can be very powerful. In times of discouragement, St. Monica never gave up. She continued to pray each and every day until the day of her death that her son would come back to the Catholic faith. And even in heaven, she continued to pray for her son. In the same way, we have that faith in Jesus. Let's find what that is. Let's find that times where it's hard to pray. Let's make prayer a bedrock of our faith. That in difficult moments and in love moments, in moments when we can love God, moments when we find God hard to find, we can pray always and always praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen?